Welcome to another episode of Talks for a Magical Monday, the weekly podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. I'm your host, Brother Gustavo. For those who are not familiar with the Heralds, the Heralds of the Gospel are a community active in the Catholic Archdiocese of Toronto, as well as several other cities across Canada. Founded by Monsignor Jean Cladias, the Heralds comprise priests, religious, brothers and sisters, and lay people since their pontifical recognition in 2001 by Pope John Paul II. And for those who are familiar with the Heralds, this podcast features the talks following the Heralds' weekly rosary at St. Patrick's Parish in Schomburg, Ontario, where the brothers share some consoling and encouraging thoughts precisely geared to those dreaded beginnings of a probably hard week called Mondays. If you want to know more about the origin of the podcast, please stop right here. Go back and listen to episode number one. So even if today it's not Monday, but you're still commuting or doing chores, take heart brighten your perspectives and enjoy today's talk recorded live at St. Patrick's Church in Schomburg, Ontario. The topic, how to use temptations for our advantage and improvement. Welcome then to Talks for a Magical Monday, the weekly podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Welcome again for another peaceful evening at the feet of Our Lady. And I'm sure we all enjoy the presence and the calmness and the serenity that is here in this church. But today we're going to talk about a topic that is a little bit far from being serene, deals with temptations. And uh, since the times of Lent are coming, the very, very beginning of Lent talks exactly about the temptations Jesus wanted to suffer. And why did he do that? He did that in order to teach us how important temptations are. And I know nobody likes to be tempted. Nobody likes to go through sensations that we have to go through, number one, because we're afraid to offend God. But also shows our limitations. Temptations show us exactly where we are in our life and where our limits lie, right? Nobody wants to contemplate that because we feel very vulnerable and we feel that we may fall at any time. So it's not pleasant and yet it's a tool that is extremely useful and important if we want to move from where we are to the next plateau in our spiritual life. And the moment we stop being tempted, that moment is a moment to be worried because that means that if we are not being tempted, we are not striving for perfection anymore. So the more we are tempted, the more we are going to realize that we are in the game, that we are there and the enemy of our soul cannot rest because he feels that he's losing the battle. So he has to put us against the wall with some temptations. But God turns that around and helps us to improve in our spiritual life. Now, how do we improve and why, or, or better, how the temptations are so good? Well, the best example is Jesus himself. There is a, a chronology, there is a, a, 
a process that we already spoke about this before. Sorry if I repeat myself, but it's something important, which is that there comes the baptism of Jesus. Then he goes right after that. He enters Jericho, performs some miracles, and immediately goes into the 40 days in the desert. He spends there 40 days and 40 nights, and then the scripture says he felt hungry. And surely enough, one could say, oh, so Jesus then, he felt in his humanity, he felt weak, and now is when he's going to be tempted, right? There are two, two ways to understand this. Number one, yes, it's true. The devil, when the devil comes to tempt us, he waits not for the moment where we are stronger. He waits for the moment when we are vulnerable, when we are weak. But here, our Lord, being divine, being Jesus, he kind of brings the devil towards the desert and you now towards there, toward that moment of temptation and says, come now, come out, come and tempt me. Everything you used with everyone else, see if now it's going to work. So Jesus seems to be in the defensive, but he's actually bringing the game to an upper level. Why? Because now he's going to prove that if we count on the grace, if we don't count on ourselves, if we count on the grace, even if we are human, we can persevere through temptations. You're going to listen to this the next weekend. You're going to enjoy, I'm sure, the, the readings and also the, the, the sermons you're going to hear and everything else on the next Sunday. But there is something really, really very beautiful here. Because in the three temptations, Jesus teaches us what we have to do when we are tempted. Temptations are good, temptations are for our benefit, but we have to abstain from one thing though, which is to dialogue with the devil. Because if you pay attention, if you remember, the first temptation comes to Jesus, the second one, the third one, and Jesus is always cutting the devil off. He's not establishing a dialogue. He's just going and telling him, it is written, you shall not tempt your God. It is written, you will this. He's cutting him off. And this is a good tactic for each and every one of us, because we cannot dialogue with temptations. If we do, we start to dialogue with the devil, and he's a, he's a fallen angel, yet he has angelic nature. So he's going to trick us. He's going to make us fall. Number one lesson here is this. When we are tempted, we cannot dialogue with temptation. We cannot do what Adam and Eve did, what Eve in concrete did. Started to talk with a serpent and see if she found a way out, you know, maybe some you know, composition there between temptation and, 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 and the duties. The rest of the story we all know, right? It fell really, really short. And actually, we're still covering the consequences of original sin for already six, seven thousand years or longer, right? So as a result, that's number one. The, the, the next lesson that we can take away is this. Temptations keep us humble because we feel who we are. Not that we're going to fall into them, but shows us how we are without the grace of God. And that's a phenomenal lesson if we want to practice a very important aspect of our spiritual life, which is the knowledge of oneself. We need to know the areas where we are weak. We need to know where we cannot go. We need to know when we are vulnerable and how. 
So in order to do that, nothing better than practicing the knowledge of oneself. And temptations exactly tell us what happens. The moment we are attacked, right, there where we feel. And if we have the unfortunate situation of falling into a temptation, we cannot fear to go to confession immediately. But again, the whole process of temptation keeps us humble. And there is no better benefits than keeping humble in our spiritual life. Because when we forget who we are, when we forget that we are vulnerable to temptations, when we start to trust, not in God, but in ourselves, that's the moment when we fall. So if there is something that is fantastic, if there is something most important in temptations, is to keep us completely in our toes and completely conscious of who we are when the grace of God is taken away, or sometimes when God just takes away his grace a little bit so we don't feel completely sure and secure. There is also another benefit for temptations, and there is something very good. Temptations show us how much dependent we are of the grace of God. Our Lord says in the scripture, without me, you can do nothing. But he doesn't say, without me, you can do a little. Without me, you can do somehow. No, without me, you cannot, you can do nothing. You cannot do anything because we are completely dependent on the grace. We cannot forget that. Many, many times people spend some years praying, some years advancing in virtue, some years, you know, coming to church often, and so on. And because they start that practice, a regular practice of receiving communion, going to confession, and so on, they actually advance in their spirituality. And that's probably one of the most dangerous moments, because when we advance, we cannot lower our guard. And the tendency to lower our guard is tremendous. Because, you know, we already, okay, maybe we experience less vehement temptations, we experience, or we can do some form of good and so on, and we start thinking that we are strong. That's the most dangerous moment, because we forget who we are. And if we forget who we are, then the moment of falling comes sooner or later, very fast. If you read biographies of generals, biographies of great warriors in history that got wounded, they all conclude the, 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 the same point. They say, when do you get wounded is when you think you're invincible, when you forgot that you are vulnerable, when you forgot that you are mortal. Our soul is not going to die, but can fall into mortal sin. And the effects of mortal sin are tremendous. Any single trace of grace is erased from our soul. It's not there anymore. We lose every single merit. We lose every single capability of receiving merits. We lose absolutely everything we had that was good. The life of God that was given to us through grace, with mortal sin, we lose completely. So we have to be afraid of that. And the moment we stop being afraid, the moment we stop realizing how many benefits temptation come, temptation have, temptations have, that's the moment when big, great disgraces may happen to us. There is also the necessity of grace. We have to help grace as well. Temptations are also something that 
reminds us that all the saints say this, when the devil promises us something, this is exactly what he's going to take away from us. So the language of temptation sometimes promises false happiness, promises uh, a certain degree of realization here in the world, or in our personal life, or just a momentary pleasure, or just a momentary satisfaction. The moment we are tempted, we also have to remember that what the devil promises, it's exactly what the devil is going to take away from us. And probably it's one of the best mechanisms we have to persevere. Because the devil is the liar. The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. And whenever he promises something through a temptation, don't have doubt. This is exactly what he's going to take away from us. So he promises us pleasure. And then when we somehow put our hands on it, we feel bad, we feel deceived, we feel unworthy because we have done something that we shouldn't have done. And what is the happiness he promised? It's the opposite. He promised happiness. He takes away the serenity of our soul. If we say yes to a temptation, we fall into mortal sin. What is going to happen? We're never going to feel happy until we go to confession. We're not going to feel at ease. Our conscience is going to be there blaming us, telling us what you did, how you did this, why. The peace of soul and happiness is not there. And with every single temptation the devil proposes to us, this is exactly what happens. Whatever he promises, this is exactly what he's going to take away. Imagine a person, for instance, who is tempted uh, to, to do all kinds of crimes, so he's going to have a lot of money, gold, silver, diamonds, whatever. But those are stolen. That person never has peace. That person never has serenity. That person never has sense of fulfillment. But, come on, Brother Gustavo, he has all this money, all these, you know, bars of gold. But if he gained those riches using bad means, sinful means, he's never going to be happy. Something is there. It's a worm of conscience that is going continuously going to remind that person, what did you do? What did you take away that doesn't belong to you? goes on and on and on. So that's another very important question. Another very important topic. Whenever we are tempted with, be sure that this is exactly what the devil is going to take away from us. Finally, we need to remember that when we are tempted, we need to count on God on our side. We need to count on our lady. Every time we are tempted, every time we are attacked, and so on, what do we have to do? We have to turn to our lady. Also, we cannot be passive. When we are tempted, we have to do something about that. We have to pray more. We have to say no. We have to be completely proactive and not reactive. Not going to the defensive, rather going to the offensive. Oh, you're tempting me about not waking up this morning? I'm going to jump out of my bed. Oh, you're tempting me not to be kind today? I'm going to be triple kind. Oh, you're telling me that I should be lazy? I'm running around the corner now. If we don't do that, if we go into the defensive, then we start lowering our guard and then we may fall. There is a, a very nice story, and with this I let you go uh, to rest after a terrific Monday, I say a magical Monday of ours. But 
there's a very interesting story that tells us a little bit on how we have to do something when we are tempted. And it's an example that happened. We always are these barbarians that were people who are at the roots of Christian civilization. The monastic life started to bring many blessings to Europe, and all these barbarians, the Visigoths, the Goths, and all those, they started to be converted slowly. But Europe in the year 800, 900, 700 was a very difficult place to live. And yet the forests started to fill up with monks and with um, hermits. People who would live a monastic life in solitude and they would be beams of grace. They were just there praying in, alone by themselves, living a life of virtue and so on, but they were bringing angels from heaven all the time. But it just so happened that there was one of those barbarians, he was a horrible criminal, and he was doing bad things all the time. He was killing people, was, you know, a bad person. So one day he realized that in the forest nearby there was a monk. So he came up with this idea. He faced the monk, went into his cabin and said, you, I am a thief, I am a criminal, I want to get better. So you are going to pray for me so that I can get better. You're going to pray everything you can, you're going to make all these sacrifices so I can abandon my bad life. If and if I don't do this in three months, I'm going to come out, come back and kill you. If in three, I give you three months to pray for me. And if I don't change, I'm coming back and that's it. I kill you. So you can imagine what a situation. The monk couldn't leave, couldn't flee, couldn't go anywhere. He was just a, a sitting duck in the middle of the forest. So what he did? He prayed and prayed and prayed. Three months later, he sees the barbarian coming back, furious, fuming, saying, that's it, time is over. You prayed, you prayed, but I haven't changed. So I'm going to kill you right away. And the monk, a man of God, very serene, very peaceful, goes and says, okay, that's fine. Come with me because I already made my grave. You just come, kill me there so you don't have even to, to, to carry me there. I just want to show you, you don't have to bury me. It's already made so that you come with me, kill me, and that's it, you can bury me there. So they walked for some few hundred meters, and surely enough, they arrived to the grave that was already caved in the, in the, in the ground. But on top of it, the monk had made a piece of stone to be put on top of his body. So the monk says, just do, do me a favor, help me to, to lift the stone plaque. It was heavy, because of course it has to be. So the barbarian was on one side and the monk was on the other. So there they go. But every time he would lift a little bit. Every time the barbarian would lift, the monk would push it down. And so the other one would push down a little bit and the other one would push it up. And when they were about to lift it, the monk would push down again. What is this game? Stop! The, 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 the barbarian says. Every time I'm lifting, you're, 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 you're just putting more, more weight. You're, you're just lowering the whole stone. Why do you do that? 
And then the monk looked at him and said, this is what you do. Every time I pray for you, you continue committing sins. Every time I pray for you and do sacrifices, you do exactly the opposite. You see, it's like the stone. Every time I try to lift, you're pushing down. How am I going to help you in this way? And using that image, he was able to explain to the barbarian what happens if you don't help yourself. No matter how much God is ready to suffer, he's ready to pray, how many people are going to be praying for you. If you yourself don't do anything about it, no matter how many holy people are going to be praying for you, no matter how many monks, no matter how many... We need to be aggressive in this point. And we need to pray, and we need to put into practice everything we know about temptation, everything we know about prayer, but again, do it ourselves. No one else is going to come unless we collaborate, unless we help, unless we put ourselves to work seriously into the path of virtue. So, I'll leave you with this story. I don't know if it happens with us. Maybe sometimes, yeah, we are the ones that are you know, lifting down when our guardian angel is trying to lift us up. Who knows? Many times we might be, I don't know, every time we are tempted, our guardian angel is ready, ready to help us. And what do we do? We just let him do the job and we don't even help? How come? So, let's have more devotion to our guardian angels. Let's have more devotion to this particular passage when our Lord wanted to be tempted. And remember, temptations are not bad. Those are the instruments we have to improve all the time if we know how to use them. So let's say one Hail Mary to Our Lady, asking her that particular grace to be able to persevere and to be able to be all the time active when it comes to ask for her help and also active to use the temptations on our behalf, on our um, advantage. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And this is all for today's episode recorded live from St. Patrick's Church in Schomburg, Ontario. You can reach us anytime at one of the Herald's websites, such as heralds.ca forward slash podcast, New Insights Multimedia forward slash podcast, or you can also subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you normally listen to your favorite podcast. And as per now, pray hard, work hard, keep growing in devotion to the Eucharist and our Blessed Mother, evangelize by word and example, and be every day more and more a real herald of the Gospel. Oh.